You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig, I'm the host of the podcast and tonight I'm joined by Chris. Alright mate? Uh, I'm not bad. Uh, we've also got a second guest on, uh, Alfie, in the background there. Alfie the dog will be making uh, an appearance, hopefully just for the first minute or so, because I've just put him in his crate to go to sleep, but then I'm in my kitchen, which is the, the next room across, and I'm sure he can hear my voice, and he'll be wondering, wait a minute, it should be all quiet just now. Anyway, he'll be all right. Put him in his so crate? Just, and it's great. Aye, that's a that's well. If you've got a dog, Chris, you would you would understand that the crate is the PC term for cage. All right, okay, aye. doggy cage. Why did you say cage? The crate makes me think like Jim Murphy standing on it, talking to people. Because I find it funny. <laughs> I find it funny that people call it a crate because just because it sounds a lot better, sounds more PC rather than saying you lock him in his cage. Anyway, I it's just me and you tonight because John is. Uh, he says he's got uni work, but I don't know if I believe him. I think he's just skiving. And Funny Greg's up. AWOL. Nobody's heard for Greg. I think he's 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 a goner. He's done a runner. I think we're just hiding because uh, it wasn't exactly a great weekend for the two of them. No, <laughs> no, there was uh, aye, title talk and so on last week in the, the podcast, and it just never happened. John was was booking time off his work as well, <laughs> <laughs> in anticipation. I think Greg's going to need to book some time off for the, the playoff final. But eh, who knows, there might be some changes here. There's still a few games left for that. So charity bet last week, I wasn't involved. So I'm hoping that we had a, a good weekend. I'm hoping that we've added to the charity pot, Chris. Let me down. <laughs> Not even close. We had first goal scorer as Declan McManus, thinking Morton need to win. So they conceded yep. first before uh, winning their game. <laughs> But uh, conceding first doesn't help. I think Declan managed to get the third goal for Morton in the end. But uh, obviously that was a that was a bust. Uh, and the other bet after a much deliberation came down to a double bet Aberdeen and St Johnson. Neither of which won. So yep. it was it was. I'm, I'm, I'm well uh, from my own perspective. I'm kind of glad St Johnson also ruined the bet <laughs> because if it would just been Aberdeen, I'd have spent the weekend celebrating anyway, and I'd been celebrating <laughs> losing the bet. I'd have felt a wee bit guilty about that, but St. Johnson should have, yeah. St. Johnson, St. Johnson ruined it as well, so that's fine. I don't feel as guilty about that. Aye, I lost money on that because I put uh, money on that double, thinking right the charity bet's good. I'll do that. I, I tend not to do the the first scorer bet because I know how difficult it is. I think we've only had it maybe three or four times all season. It's tough, but I we didn't add to the the charity bet. But on a positive note. I've been uh, locked in discussion with McBookie over the last few days. There's been a bit of to and fro and a bit of negotiations going on and they've offered to give us the first scorer bet into the playoffs, which is good. So I've Excellent. got uh, some extra, three extra bets possibly. I know there's obviously three rounds in each, but I can't remember when the final game is. Anyway, we've got extra bets, extra charity bets. So this weekend... We've got the, the first of the, the playoffs and we might as well pick our first bet scorer now because you know what happened the last time I tried to rejig the, 
agenda. So who's playing who? Because I can't find it on the BBC website, as per usual, because our website is rubbish. Um, as per I don't know how it works, because obviously, like, Strand R4 from Breaking are all uh, joined by Al Athletic from the League Above, but I can't find the fixture anywhere, so I don't know how they, how they divvy that up. I mean, fourth for slip to third, so... Does that make a difference to who they play, or do they just play Stranda? I don't know. Right, well, as far as I can see, as as far as I can see, the first fixture uh, on McBookie's site is the Saturday game, Queen South against Rangers. They've got that. They've also got the Wednesday games, which are Forfar against Stranda, Brecon against Alloa, Arbroath against Queen's Park, and East Fife against Stenhouse Muir. And as you've touched upon before. Chris, they're confusingly titled by the league that the team is potentially going into or going to stay in. So you've got the Scottish Premiership playoff, which is Queen of South against Rangers. Two teams right. are in the Premiership right now. Yeah. Yep. And you've got the Scottish Championship, which is Forfar, Sunrar, Brecon, and then finally Alloa. <laughs> and then <laughs> Scottish League One, you've got Arbroath, Queen's Park, East Fife and Stennis Muir. Hmm. I think on the Saturday, Saturday tea time, we've got Queen of South against Rangers. Yep. I think we would get good odds on a Queen of South win. Well, I know we do. We'd get 13-5 mm-hmm. on that, but we're talking mm-hmm. about the first scorer, so we could consider going down that route. Could do. I'm not sure who I'd go for, though, because I'm not sure if I'd go for Russell or Riley, the Queen of South, if I was going for that. Because my other thought was uh, the podcast stalwart of Jamie Longworth. Obviously, starting at our point Forfa. So. Is that at Forfa, well, though? See, we've got Forfa against Stranraer on the Wednesday night, aye. I'm, I'm guessing that that turns around. Aye, the away leg will be, or the second leg, sorry, will be Saturday, maybe. Do you know, we're, we're a wee bit lost by the, the BBC football <sighs> know, website. Rubbish. Utter rubbish. As, yeah, as you say, rubbish. What the FFL website's got it. Let's go and have a look. Because you'd think the SPFL website, if anybody was going to have it. If anyone's listening for the first time, they'd be thinking to themselves, well, why have they not prepared? That's not how we work. No, no, like, no. The no, SPFL no. website's got it. So, Strunrar for, for Saturday, 3 o'clock. I'll yep. break 3 o'clock. Right. I say we go Jamie Longworth then, because it's on the Saturday fiction. Aye. That's it. Jamie Longworth, aye. We'll tweet him. We'll give him a wee G up for Saturday. Tell him not to, to hurt himself Wednesday night. <laughs> don't get, don't be saying offering. <laughs> Aye, don't do anything silly. We'll get Peter Houston to have a word with him because he knows how to motivate his players not to get sent off or injured. So that's what we'll do. Go with that. Longworth to score first on Saturday. Sunrar against Forfa. Right, that was easy. Right, we'll come back to the the fixtures later because we'll do that when we we do the predictor. Aye, aye. Because I definitely want to have a playoff game in there and despite me supporting Rangers, I think... I would want Queen, to chuck in Queen of 30 South. 35 Queen of South. Having 1-2-0 and 3 nils are very good but Yes, yes. But as long as nobody tells anybody at Ibrox about it because I'll not be allowed back in <laughs> for, the, for the second leg. Do uh, you need to pay for that, do you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> still up in the air. I've not seen anything from Rangers today. Uh, but it's a week on Sunday for that one, so it's a I while. It's not as... Quite uh, close together as I thought it was going to be those those fixtures because you seem to have a, a week between the first leg and the second leg. So. You seem to be dragging it out to fit in with the top tier, I think. Aye, uh, it seems that way. And having a big gap. Anyway, well, 
Right, so the games that were last week, we might as well start with the telly game because unusually for you, Chris, you didn't have a Saturday three o'clock kickoff. I know, I know I'm shocked and stunned at that. I mean, it's not as if I've not had, it's not as if it's been a, a death of them or anything, you know. But I we had a, a, a actually was a novelty because we had a Friday night kickoff at Celtic Park. That's uh, that's a first for me. Yeah. And um, it was very enjoyable actually. It was uh, I mean. I don't know you watched it in the telly, but uh, I got along the game. It was a nice night. It wasn't exactly warm or anything, but it was, it was it was nice enough. It was dry. It was sunny, and then it was a, a feast of football. Certainly, <laughs> so were absolutely brilliant. One of the better games Sky Sports, which was unusual for a Friday night normally. Yeah, it's usually uh, BT. It's a BT. Yeah, but I, I watched it. I had a bet on Celtic. I decided to go for over two and a half goals. Uh, I noticed, I think it was a footy gaffer, went over three and a half, being a bit greedy. But I could have been oh, greedier still. Mm, could have been over four and a half. Yep. Yep. Aye, it was good. It was good. Uh, I thought one, one of the highlights was Bruins' goal. Every single because, player touched the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, aye, it wasn't apparent. Yeah, aye, it wasn't apparent at the time, and I, and I don't think it's... Uh, as I don't think it's as enjoyable when you watch it live, but see when they speed it up, you know, when they do the wee Benny Hill. I, see, I haven't seen it because I've only seen the, the, the sports scene highlights since and I haven't seen like half the build up because they started halfway through it yeah anyway, so five of the passes was, which was different aye, it was good I can rant about sports scene actually because I mean the the, the the Friday night game managed all, all we got from that was five goals and that was a, that was the highlights on Sunday night um, so I didn't see why we had a goal chalked off which I've heard some people suggest it was for a free kick on the keeper, but there was no foul for what I've seen. Um, there might have been a foul by Mackay Stephen just before it, though. It's kind of hard to tell. It was oh, the that was difficult was to tell. The the park. Uh, even, even when watching it live, they weren't really sure exactly what had went on because there was definitely no foul on the keeper. And if it was, I'd, I'd be raging because uh, I hate it how keepers are protected like yeah. that. All he did was stand his ground and you're allowed to do that. It's, it's in the rules that you're allowed to do that. It's, it's not even an interpretation. It's just it's, it's there in black and white. You can stand there if you want. It was uh, ridiculous. But they, they didn't really get to the bottom of it on the live show either. That's probably why we skipped the highlights and just didn't bother even thinking about it. Uh, the highlights also missed it a penalty claim we had in the first half. Where it looked like, um, I think it was my guy Stephen again actually, was the man that was brought down. I, th- I thought it was also a handball in it, but I'm, I seem to be the only person that thought that, so I'm, I'm guessing that, that was, was up. Kevin Thompson. Um, he had the ball outside his box and he managed to run inside the box and get himself in trouble. Was it? I th- I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure. And then uh, he lifted his left, his right leg up and that brought him down. And there's claims it, it, was, it would have been a soft one, uh, but the I don't know, only he'll know, but they did look like there was a, a bit of intent to the very least slow him down. Yeah, well, it didn't matter in the end, because, like I say, it, it was one of those games where Dundee looked like at no point did they have any intention of coming out of their own box. Even when they were hoofing the ball at a park, there was nobody there to get it. It was just another wave of Celtic attack afterwards. Yeah. So I'm surprised, I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised that the uh, possession was only in the sort of mid-60s. I thought it was going to be even higher than that. I thought it was going to be something stupid. In the seventies, maybe, but I mean, yeah, it was it was just it was it was attack after attack. But Celtic, they were. Yeah, and in last week's podcast, 
Uh, you were mentioning a player who's, who's got a good strike in him, but he's, he's yet to score yet. And you, you talked about how he'd hit the bar and so on, stung the keeper's hands. And then he comes out with a, a shot that, that defied physics. <laughs> I don't understand how the ball doesn't move. It's, it's not right. It's like an, an old, really old FIFA. It didn't have any physics attached to it. It was like an extra set, Massey. It was just, it was so straight. I mean, uh, Massey was directly in line at the opposite end of the park. So I seen it just arrowing straight into the top corner. It was a, it was a fantastic view. I think I had better view than any of the cameras, actually. Um, he didn't even but, hit yeah. it. Like, like, like me or you, Chris, well, not you, because I know what you're like hitting shots at Celtic Park, but me, <laughs> if I was hitting it, I, I wouldn't have used that style. And, and if I did use that style, there was no way I would get that power. Yeah, he seems to generate so much power with that shot and it's, it's yeah. you don't know where he gets that power from because what you say it's a it's a style of hitting it, but it's just something I've seen countless other players been able to do as well. Uh yeah, I mean, it kinda of makes a mockery of the whole goal of the season awards being given out already when he does that and doesn't even get counted. There's well, no there's no, there's just no point in scoring a good goal in May because you'll never get an award for it. Yeah. There there was there's a lot of people saying how good it was, but I think the keeper made it look good. I don't know why he didn't try and save it. He ran across it. It almost burst his nose as it went past. <laughs> he just decided pretty early on, I'm not saving it. And then See, almost got surprised that he could have reached it. I know I know where you're coming from with that one because it does look like the keeper doesn't bother. But on the other hand, even if he did, I don't think he was getting it. Because it's, 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 it's pretty much just under the bar. It does go in off the post. It's just it's one of those shots. He's hit it for so far out with such power as well. That I don't think I don't think the keeper had a chance to even consider going for it. See, I like keepers who dive. Even if I know they're not getting it, I just want them to dive because there's no way you're going to save it if you don't dive. If you do dive, there's a chance. So that's I'm no goalkeeper coach, but that's why I would be coaching into them. Just dive. Just dive. Dive anyway. to make, make Craig happy. But it was a cracking, it was a cracking goal, cracking way to end the game. Um, oh, oh, it was five different goal scorers, which was good to see as well. Um, oh, one striker only got one of them, so um, that's another goal for Griffiths. I'm not sure where he is in the goal scoring chart. He must be slowly creeping up. Uh, yeah, he's up to thirteen jointly with Stuart and four behind Rooney. He could still catch Rooney, you know. He's only three games left, so it's difficult. But yeah, it's interesting you know, how his season went. And also Chris Commons, uh, neither were a, a starter uh, by any stretch, and then suddenly they, they both come good. Uh, it's just interesting how football goes. I suppose mm-hmm. the new manager comes in and maybe doesn't fancy them straight away. See, if, if I was going to be one disappointing aspect of um, Friday night, it was probably the performance of Chris Commons because he looked. It didn't look as if he was all that bored about the game, and that kind of followed on for his comments about how he never felt like Aberdeen were a, a title challenger, and um, he was only motivated by going for the treble. And the bizarre, like, I don't remember Aberdeen being top, which is curious, Chris, because I remember Aberdeen being top. But it's when we went on holiday. Of course, maybe that's why Chris Collins doesn't remember it. He was in Gran Canaria at the time. But um, yeah, I, see, that's not. I don't like this nonsense about Aberdeen not being true title challengers. There's, there's actually a good discussion on the, the, the Scottish Football Forum's uh, website about uh, why people don't think it's a uh, Aberdeen win a title challenge. It's, it's a very much a do you believe they could ever win it? Well, no. Well, that's maybe why they don't um, think that. But I mean, 
for me, I, I, I did think Aberdeen were going to be a chance of winning the title last season, and that's why I think Aberdeen were the title challengers. And I don't think it was ever made evident uh, as far as the Celtic team went when, when they, they got the late one at Pataudry with the 10 men, uh, which was, as somebody pointed out, was the first time we saw the, the, the Ronnie Rollers, as they're known these days, the, the, the fist pumps. Oh, yeah, oh, I've maybe said to you before, Chris, but I don't like them. What I don't <laughs> like, right, see if you score a goal. Go yep. mad. I, I don't mind that. I don't see if you want to give 10 fist pumps. <laughs> Go for it. But what I don't like is how you see him calmly stroll onto the park and he's just not got a care in the world. He just calmly goes up and then suddenly he goes from zero to 100 miles an hour and he's just the passion. It's just oozing out of him. And then he goes back to calm again and he casually walks over to the next bunch of fans. That's what I don't like. It just seems a bit forced to me. It's just, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think that's part of the persona, though. It's it's, it's 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 quite a good way of linking the manager to the fans, and there's a good relationship there now because of that. And you actually see Celtic fans hanging back to see it now. So it's, I mean, oh, if, it's yeah. keeping, if it's keeping them after the full-time whistle, so much better. <laughs> I, hate, I hate folk to leave early. I know, that, I know why they do it. It's so they can get up the road earlier, and sometimes there's mitigating circumstances that want to make it away quickly. And I mean, fair point, if you want to leave early, then I'm never going to stop you, but it's just not It's not for me. I always like yeah. hanging back to the full-time whistle. I know I hang back to it after the full-time whistle, because it's not often I get to see the running rolls. <laughs> I still don't see, like the name, though. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't like. I don't like the name. Just call it fist pumps. That's all it is. Aye, aye. But then the problem with that is, as I was saying it earlier, and I giggled like a wee schoolboy, it, it just made me think of something else. <laughs> so, Ronnie Roars maybe better. <sighs> aye, anyway, see if he wins a cup. Aye, go for it. See if he, see if he, he wins the, the, the league's clinched at home or, or away d- during a game. Go for it. But I don't know. I just I don't know. See if you celebrate like that too often. It just it loses meaning. But then he doesn't care because I'm a Rangers fan, he doesn't. He's well, still going to be interested in what I've got to say. That's fair enough. I suppose, I suppose that is the one, the disappointing aspect of this weekend is that Celtic didn't win the one in the park. But because of the way the TV had set it up, Celtic played the Friday night, won their game, got it down to needing two more points for the title. Whether that was Celtic getting those two points or it was Aberdeen dropping two points. Then that's that was enough for Celtic to clinch the title, but that obviously what happened on Saturday afternoon when Ronnie was back in Norway at his daughter's confirmation or something. <laughs> um, yeah. John, John Collins got phoned and spo- uh, the, the sports scene results. Um, half the Celtic players were away playing golf or something, getting ready for the uh, Player of the Year awards, which we'll come on to later. Uh, but yeah, I, was, I mean, even I was like driving up the road from Manlaws. <laughs> Yeah. So I was on the motorway listening to the radio. Even I'll if the Aberdeen game, driving. even if it was on the telly, that would have been good because it looked a good game. Despite the scoreline being quite low, the highlights definitely made it out to be a decent game. Yeah. And Aberdeen looked like they had plenty of chances. It was definitely not a, a lack of desire, a lack of passion there. Uh, Dundee United appeared to get slightly lucky, but I only watched the highlights. It may have been a different game completely, but we were, we were resigned to only having those highlights. Yeah, sadly. I mean, it was hard to tell. Um, they only had one camera angle, which was annoying because there was a, some debate as to whether Muirhead uh, was offside for the goal. Now, I don't know because it was only one eye camera angle. I have to give him a benefit of the doubt. I know it was Aberdeen uh, players had their hands up. You need to beat the game, really, to be able to tell. But there was there was enough. It was close enough to the defenders. You give them the benefit of the doubt because without a decent camera angle, we can't tell. Yep, yep. But 
one thing I would criticise is the defenders for putting their hands in the air. I hate it. I hate it. The linesman's going to flag if he wants to flag. He's not going to look at your hand and go, oh, I didn't think it was offside, but he does, so I'm going to go for it. They put their hand in there and they stop. You know what I was almost like it. See the guy with his hand in there? He's usually the one point you want. Hi, hi. Gary Caldwell was terrible for it at Celtic. <laughs> he's usually, he was usually the one you see there with a hand up, having played him on, trying to claim yeah. offside because he was too slow to catch the guy. Aye. But yeah, I'm, well, I mean, we have to say congratulations to Celtic uh, for winning the, the fourth title in a row. Ronnie really, uh, Dyer's first one. I want to congratulate Aberdeen because it's been a while since we had a, a title challenge that went to three games to go. We're into May now before the, the title was clinched. I don't think anybody was expecting that. But uh, Aberdeen's consistency this season has been fantastic. I mean, that defeat to Dundee United is their first defeat to someone other than Celtic since the Hamilton defeat in October. That's the kind of consistency they've put together this season. And I've said on the forum, I, I've said on here a few times as well, I will be very surprised if Aberdeen don't do exactly the same thing next season and possibly take some more points as well. And probably take some points off Celtic. Depends on what they do in the summer, isn't it? Because if they can keep that squad together, and I do think there is some room for improvement, there's uh, there's a couple of faces that I think that they could move on. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think the release future is probably Aberdeen, but what I've got Adam Rooney in form, I'm not sure they need it. Yes, I think we need a backup to Adam Rooney, and I don't think it really is that. Um, I think the acquisition of Graham Shinney for Inverness is a fantastic signing. He'll certainly be fit right in at Aberdeen and, and improve their squad again. Um, I think they're in talks with Ryan Jack to extend him. He's one of the few that hasn't extended because most of that squad signed new contracts through the, the, this season. So the, the large bulk of that Aberdeen team will be there next season and I think they will. They may strengthen further in the summer, we'll need to wait and see. But certainly getting Graham Shinney in will strengthen them. And they'll, right. again, they'll, they'll have, they'll have uh, a season's more experience under their belt as well. So... If, if, they, if they take this season's experience of just winning and getting used to winning, I don't see why they can't carry that on the next season. Move on to the uh, Motherwell against Ross County game. Because uh, the reason I bring that one up specifically is because I thought it was really interesting to see Scott McDonald on sports scene and then for them to discuss the dive and almost, almost get an honest opinion on it <laughs> from him. He, he was going to say something and then he just said uh, something along the lines of I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> he thinks he's failed in with their penalty. Right. Uh, it, was, yeah. it, was a, it was a pretty awkward one, I'm assuming. Like, he couldn't really admit to diving. No, but it actually wouldn't have mattered because the referee booked him for it. So, pull him up yeah. afterwards. Ah, uh, you get a ban if you don't get caught or if you yeah. do get caught, it's a yellow. It's one of those strange ones. Yep. Uh, uh, it's supposed to, supposed to um, discourage it. Because if you manage to pull one over the referee, you can still get pulled up and get a worse uh, punishment than you would have got if you just pulled you up in the first place. Yeah, it's a strange one. But yeah, he took his goal well in the game as well. It was a bit of a poacher's goal, to be honest. But I think uh, the thing that amused me most about that one was the fact that they called it a must-win for Mullow. And they, they obviously didn't win, they drew, which is a good result for Ross County. Or a better result for Ross County was for Mullow. Only then turn around and say that Mullow had now had a must-win against Kilmarnock. Yeah, and that was a that was a good one because uh, was it uh, Pascali said to McDonald that better wear his shin guards. Something <laughs> aye, along those lines. Good that one. Yeah, aye, they looked like they were uh, pretty pally. Aye, it was, it was, uh, they were actually not bad as far as pundits go. 
I mean, obviously, Pascal's English is better than any of my other languages. It's probably better than my English, to be honest. But um, I mean, I thought they were. They gave some decent insight into the game. Well, not as well as their own games, but other games uh, as well. So, yeah, I think uh, obviously there's a bit of concern with Kilmarnock being dragged down the league table they're, they're, when they're sitting level on points with Ross County now. Uh, six ahead of Motherwell, so that's why they're talking about the being a must win for Motherwell because that's it. Like, Motherwell are six points adrift of those two with three games left. They're starting to look a bit. Well, they're not quite uh, as bad as uh, St Burns point, but they're, they're certainly looking as if they're massive favourites for finishing the 11th and getting that uh, unwanted playoff place. Yeah, but Kelly, they were talking about it's their, their record uh, defeats in a row. It's their sixth. Six. Yep, it's their sixth, and uh, that's been six games since Gary uh, Walk took over permanently. Yes. <laughs> it's the worst thing he did to sign that permanent contract because he hasn't won since. Yeah. Ah, it's, uh, it's coming at a bad time for them as well because there was times when they were looking pretty good this season. Yeah, they were, they were looking as if they were going to be possibly top six at one point, but uh, never quite made it and they've just they've gone into free fold. They are slightly in danger of doing what Hibs did last season, actually. Because Hibs kind of slumped yep. and then just didn't make the, the top six and then kept falling into the, the hoven spot. Now... I still think one of our massive favourites to get that 11 spot, but it's just just well there's that wee doubt come on, little worry, especially if, if Mullerwell can beat them next week. Yes, that's a Friday night game as well, so yeah, it'll be sure. good to watch in the telly box. Uh, Greg loves a Friday night uh, game of football. No stranger to it, it's back to BT again. I know, they, they managed to wrestle the, the slot back off. So BT just camping for parking on a Friday night, isn't it? Yep, yep. I I don't know if you mentioned it last week about BT getting uh, all the the rights to the Premiership yeah. playoffs. No, that's good. That's that, that's really good that we're going to be able to show them because obviously we've got Rangers and then Queen of the South two legs. Uh, whoever wins that will play Hibs. That'll be an entertaining two leg fixture as well. And then obviously the the final rounds against probably Mullerwell, but you never know. It might be somebody else. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Just I just hope that they get the audience that they deserve because even if Rangers get knocked out. Uh, by Queen of South and it's Queen of South against Hibs it's two exciting teams exactly yeah it's just, I don't I don't think there's much concern about uh, who's playing who I mean even even if Queen of South were to come through both uh, beating Rangers and Hibs then I think Queen of South and whoever they would play in the Premiership would be in the game as well Queen of South have been good value for money this season and I do think they're going to be a, a, a tricky prospect for Rangers down at Palmerston their away form hasn't been too great which might be their undoing but uh, certainly the, like the last two games I've had against Rangers at Palmerston were 2-0 and 3-0 so uh, yeah. I, think, uh, I think Rangers are going to perform a lot better this time and obviously need to at this point because I don't think they well, I'm not sure Rangers can afford another season in the Championship. They need to get up to the top flight, but it might be beneficial from a certain perspective. Yes, yeah, there'll be big changes this summer. And yeah, if if they stay in the, the Championship, then it allows them to, to be a bit braver and not rely on renewing contracts, the, the big earners, and not rely on bringing in players who are perhaps at the tail end of their career and looking for a payday, they can be a wee bit bolder yeah. with the, the youth, a bit bolder than they have been. That, that's probably been the best bit about uh, Stuart McCall taking over, actually. I've, I've seen Rangers bringing in a few other uh, younger players that I'd never really heard of until the last few weeks. Um, yeah, you're right. Ryan Hardy. Yeah. Uh, he's got yeah. A, a double in his first start. He'd appeared as a substitute a couple of times before that. 
Uh, he he looks pretty good, uh, far from the finished article, but a, a good option from the bench. Uh, Murdoch, I, I Murdoch, really like him. Guy's name, right he's, he's so he's so composed yeah. for such a young guy. Uh, then there's Walsh, which is another one, a tricky winger who I think because of the style of play he's got, I think he, he needs reined in a little bit. I think that they're, they're going very canny with him playing a couple of games and then leaving him out. You don't want to get him too too big-headed. Uh, you don't want to go down the route of John Flex, one that, that sticks in my mind, that was uh, tipped as the next big thing. And yeah, appeared <laughs> to have an attitude problem. Um, he may not have, but he appeared to because he, he was having to be left out of the side because he was maybe getting a bit too big for his boots. But it was, it was obviously the, the championship at the, the early start on Saturday. It was, it was entertaining. It was, it was entertaining from a certain perspective, but I don't think the entertainment came where we expected it to. Because I, I think Hibs basically they wrapped up the points against Falkirk early enough that there was never, even with Rangers being 2 0 up at Dinecastle, there was never really any doubt Hibs were going to finish second ahead of them. Yeah. Uh, they got, I mean, the goal difference was what, about. Actually, did it come down to goal difference? Because were Hibs not a point ahead of Rangers? Going into the final game, then it must have been because three put they finished the ahead of them. And obviously, Hibs won the Rangers drew. So, well, I don't Rangers know. Must, Rangers think... must be sixty six and Hibs were sixty seven. So, Falkirk won. I thought. I oh well, a yeah. Picture on Twitter. Yeah, if, if you need if you need the sports scene stuff, yeah, it looked like Falkirk won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, I, it was. I was I, like I said, it was never really any much doubt that Hibs were going to finish. Um, Second ahead of Rangers, but uh, obviously Rangers were. Uh, how did I put it earlier? Rangers 2 0 and Z fucked it up. <laughs> Aye. I, I don't know. I, I'm a Rangers fan, so I'm going to think of excuses here, right? But I wonder if the scoreline filtered through and they realised that whatever they did didn't really matter because it was a bit of a collapse near the end. Surely they could have held out if they really needed to. It just, uh, I think that uh, I speaking to somebody who was at the game and the fans were certainly aware of the scoreline. Yeah. So I, I'm sure that the that, that would have came across to the players in some way. Am uh, I right to say that it happened just after um, Lee McCaw came off the bench? Oh dear. Uh, know, he think, came on and maybe he, he maybe knew. I think it's telling that he was on the bench uh, because it was only the game before that he was getting booed quite loudly by a large section of fans after he, he made a, a not a mistake because I don't think it was his fault he just wasn't fast enough to catch the attacker I think that was a bit harsh I mean again boo players if you want but I, I, if you reserve a right to be booed I reserve a right to criticise you and we're talking about Lee McCall here, who, when other players like Alan McGregor and Stephen Naismith were leaving Ibrox because he didn't want to chip back across, he stayed. He stayed, and he was uh, he was a good utility man. He, he played up front in the, the bottom tier. He, he scored a yep. hat trick one week, first hat trick of his career, uh, and he, he played obviously moved back to defence. He done all right. I don't blame him for not being fast enough. That's not yeah. his fault. I mean, he's, he's, he's 37 in a couple of weeks' time. He's, not, he's hardly a spring jacket these days. Oh, he's and never he's, fast anyways. No. Uh, and he's near Davy Wheel, so he's not going to play till he's 40. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that's the end of his career, to be honest. Yeah, he might just, yeah, he might just throw in the tail there. It was good for a neutral, I'm sure. It was uh, a bit frustrating for myself. I ended up putting a bet on the, the draw when it was 2-0 Rangers. 
because uh, I thought that Hearts might have played a bit better in the second half and had right. a bit more chances. But uh, because they, they had so when he was through and goal, and Bell saved the shot. Yeah, save. <laughs> so the, the penalty claim you mean? <laughs> oh well, there's the the penalty claim as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what Which... no? What I was meaning? Uh, oh, it was Jamie Walker that was through and goal. Oh right, okay. And Bell saved it. Yeah, sorry, but right. then yeah, so when he was, uh, yeah, so the was penalty claim. Was, I'm, 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 giving the, I'm giving the referee the benefit of the doubt here because the referee in real time sees the keeper get the ball. It took me to about the second replay to see that Camabell actually gets so before he gets the ball. But it's 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 one of those ones that has to be slowed down to see it properly. So although it's technically apparently I'm not surprised it wasn't given because the referee in real time sees the ball change direction completely. It goes off in about 90 degrees. So he knows it's, the keeper's got the ball. It just it, there's no way you can tell that he's got the man just before he got the ball. For a penalty. So like I say, I benefit of doubt to the, the referee there. When we're going down to a really just milliseconds of a difference, yeah. I think we need to just say, right, the referee, whatever he said, we'll give him it because we're we're watching it a few times, we're slowing it right down. The one I, one of the ones I seen was it looked like it was exactly the same time. Uh, like right exactly the same time where he touched the ball and the player, and then I then I was going I was looking at the the rule book and trying to work out what does that actually mean. But then I thought no no forget that because let's just move on. Just <laughs> uh, just the ref see in real time, so I think that's the important yes. thing. Yes yes we, we we do that a lot with linesmen as well. Uh, we 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 bring up the the line using the fancy graphics on the screen unless you're sports scene. And you maybe do that. Well, I suppose they've done it once this season. But uh, you bring up the line and then we all go, mm, ah, you can quite clearly see that he's maybe 10 centimetres offside. So, wrong decision. Just give uh, a break. Okay. I think I, I actually spent last night giving a lot of praise to the, the referees because I was thinking, um, like, obviously I give the benefit of the doubt to the referee there. Uh, I think there was a couple in the, the Premiership where I was saying that... Um, like, was it Craig Thompson or something? There was a, a Samaritan claim for a penalty against Partick Thistle, to which it just looked like shoulder to shoulder to me. And even the commentator, uh, Brian McLaughlin, mentioned it was shoulder to shoulder. And I'm thinking, well, if it's shoulder to shoulder, it's a shoulder challenge. It's fairly legal. It's the only, <laughs> it's the only legal way to do it. So Craig Thompson got that one spot on. Um, but I think that there was another one. Um, I can't remember who it was. Are you talking about the, the Motherwell, Ross County, where Pearson was challenged almost from behind? But the guy managed to get all of the ball. Um, the Hasselbank and Ashcroft fight. The oh yeah, yeah, that, that was the one. elbow on that, McLean. Um, oh, I remember Meekins one with McLean. That was a bit odd because that looked quite similar to the Barry Robson one uh, a couple of weeks ago, where he not only got sent off but appealed it, and the appeal was rejected. <laughs> Which I couldn't quite understand because I, I don't think there's any way you can tell whether it was deliberate or not because it looked like he was just playing the ball. But yes, yeah, it was it was pretty strange. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 really bad one for me was Stephen McLean, oh him again, aye. Um, but for what I seen in the highlights, you had uh, who was this? Who was it? Somebody, somebody. I can't remember who it was. Now. Swung Ashcroft. That was it. It was Ashcroft. Swung a couple of punches at Nigel Hasselbank, who reacted Aye. by headbutting in return. Or, or trying to booked. headbutt him. 
Yeah, uh, Lee Ashcroft uh, gave him a wee hump as well. I don't know if you've seen that. I <laughs> <laughs> was he's playing dirty. But aye, then the referee decided, right, okay, he's, I've had a wee fight, just book the two. He's, it's it's a strange one. Uh, I, I would have had them all both off. Aye, exactly. It's a pretty clear two reds for me. I don't think it was watched out. And he booked them both, so he must have seen it. That's <laughs> it, they're immune now. That's he, it. Exactly. The referee's dealt with it. So you wonder what you've seen, which <laughs> I'm going to have to admit isn't the first time I've spent this last month thinking what Stephen McLean's seen. <laughs> aye, 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 it was a, uh, it was a strange aye, one because there was nothing in it until they started uh, tussling. Like no. when they were challenging for the ball, it's one of those that happens all the time. You're just getting in a wee niggle, nothing happens, you move on. Andrew yeah, Dallas, like Hasselbank's so, goal. Andrew Dallas, when he sent off David Raven for the two bookings that he gave him, because <laughs> it was one where David Raven actually manhandled Dallas. It's <laughs> like, no, you book for that one. <laughs> I I don't push me. There's only one player that's allowed to do that, and that's Bugera. Yeah, he's aye, he can, he can manhandle anybody he wants. Aye, aye, he's he's a good guy. So I was I was praising referees a lot last night, but Stephen McLean got both barrels because <laughs> he's a clown. Um, I, anyway, I wanted I'll, to mention uh, yeah. Jason Cummins. I wanted to give him credit uh, because it's not often you see an eleven aside football. You see it fairly, fairly regularly at our level, at my level anyway. But he managed to put the keeper on his arse when he scored. <laughs> yeah, it's a really it's a five aside skill. I don't have it in my locker, but I've seen it's it, the kind of thing. I've seen Larson do it. The better players can do. I I seen Larson do it to Gordon Marshall in a cup final. Which... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rolled the, rolled the ball over his foot. Brilliant. Uh, League Cup final 2001. We're waiting 3-0 with a last hat trick. I think it was the second see, goal. See, yeah, it I, I, it was funny. I'm just head down, hit it as hard as I can. Aye, that's kind of how I play now. <laughs> very rarely, very rarely can I even consider dumping the right keeper on his arse. Never mind actually doing it. <laughs> I, you need composure and time to think about things. I don't. I just see the goals and think, oh no, no. Yeah, on a good on a good day, I'll actually pack a corner instead of just hitting it towards the goal somewhere. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh that's beyond me. Uh, anyway, back to the, the, the championship we were talking about because the the point I was trying to make about ten minutes ago now was that the excitement of the championship actually came at the bottom rather than the top because um, you had the uh, Wavingtons' great escape. Yeah, Aye, how did they do that? League, bottom of the league going into that. Well, they were. Second bottom, I think, by this point. But they were pretty much bottom of the league with a couple of games left and they managed to haul themselves out of it completely. Because Alaw beat Cowden B3-0 and then Livingston beat Queen of the South 1-0 with a penalty. So Livingston finished 8th out of the playoff spot completely. Alaw are into the playoffs and Cowden beat straight down. Yep, that's good. I like that kind of thing, man. We should get more of that if we had bigger league tables. But I suppose that's a debate for another time. Yeah, pretty. Ah, well, eh, right, so we have covered that. We've sort of covered the fact Morton are the other champions this weekend. And, uh, they've finally clinched League One thanks to uh, their come from behind, which was useless for the charity bit. But uh, that coupled with four for wasn't Air United. And well, Air United was the, uh, the, the the real clincher because they were always uh, threatened by the, the playoff spot at the other end of the table. But uh, because they beat four for, and then I think Stennis Bear actually lost to Sterling Albion in the end. Yeah, uh, Sennish Muir have dropped it into the, that playoff. Yeah, so, uh, aye. 
Air United safe in the league one from last season. Stranda for for breaking uh, all get the playoff spots. Going up the way, Stenis Muir going down the way. And in League Two, it wasn't really much of a doubt because Iron Athletic needed somewhat a seven goal swing if they won. Yeah. Uh, which they did. They did, they did, they did win, but it's like 4-3 against Montrose. It was quite an exciting game. But uh, they always did his five to lose as well, and his five actually won. So uh, they won 3-1 to Elgin. Uh, Elgin, sorry. So East Fife clinched that final playoff spot alongside their broth Queen's Park and obviously Stenis Muir. Uh, I, I suppose we should talk about another playoff though, because uh, there's already been playoffs. Uh, the first leg of the pyramid. Egyptian, the Egyptian playoff. Egyptian, I heard Egyptian last week was one each. Uh, the second one finished one each as well. So it went all the way to penalties, which Brora Rangers won four to. So they'll now play Montrose for a place in the league, which they don't want. I don't, I don't understand it because I mentioned before that they get a pretty penny for for being relegated anyway. If they make it up and then they decide to go straight back down, they get a decent payoff. Yeah. So like, perhaps again, that's not enough. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it depends on the cost of playing in the first place. So we'll see how the, the Montrose game goes. Uh, I think that's probably one next week as well. Uh, but yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's coming up. That's... The first proper pyramid game, I suppose, because until now it's just it was two leagues out, or two teams from outside the league. But this will actually be a playoff for the league place. So, uh, yep. uh, history. Ah, it's interesting that they've, they've finally uh, combined them up. I do like looking at the the English pyramid and seeing how far down that goes. And it's look, it's never going to happen. But you could have almost a Sunday league side make it to the the Premier League. Uh, yeah, I, I like never, that, that. There's that bit of dream. I'm never quite sure exactly how it works because, well, um, I, well, I, obviously, I remember uh, MK Dons, what previous over Wimbledon before they moved out, out to Milton Keynes, and then AFC Wimbledon were founded in twenty. What was it 2002? Yeah, 2002. Um, but they started off in the combined counties league, which uh, is what. Was that in this? It's levels nine and ten in the pyramid, but there's other pyramid. There's other levels below that, so yeah. I don't know how they get straight into that kind of area. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, they're obviously now up in the up the proper leagues. <laughs> uh, are they? Is it fourth tier or third tier? I don't. I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. League two, they're in. We've finished fifteenth in League two, so they'll be there in our season. Whereas MK Dons, I think, got promoted. So they're up in the championship now, maybe. So yeah, I mean, one one day you might see AFC World overtake MK Dons, which will probably please a lot of people. Although I've seen on Twitter through the week there that there's somebody's got a half and half scarf at MK Dons and Mimbledon. <laughs> that must be the know. weirdest half and half scarf I've ever seen. And I mentioned I, a few weird ones in no time with the Scotland think, England half yeah. and half scarf I've seen in November. Uh, AFC <laughs> Wimbledon and MK Dons it's a very strange half and half scarf to have it's going to be frowned upon by some <laughs> yes uh, but I like it I like that we're, we're linking things up because yeah, previously I... finishing bottom as Easterlin regularly did in recent times finishing bottom and you got nothing I think if you, you had to finish bottom three seasons in a row and you lost your voting rights Oh, big wowie. Uh, a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I think it actually goes further, doesn't it? Because I think the 
the East of Scotland League and the South of Scotland League play below the Lowland League now as well. I think there's a playoff for getting into that. That's good. It's hard enough finding the, the pyramid. Uh, the, the, the broader Rangers Edinburgh City details on the BBC website. Never mind the Lowland League playoff. <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, BBC. I'll tell you all about the, the English Premier League. Don't worry about that. But see, when you're trying to find fixtures for Wednesday, for example, in the playoffs, now they've not got anything. These are professionals. Aye, they annoy me. Uh, right, three Rovers have been relegated out of the the Lone League. Uh, I think. <laughs> um, the East of Scotland and the South of Scotland champions will play off each other to take that place. So right. three Rovers, oh right, three Rovers just drop straight out unless the East of Scotland or South of Scotland team one or that doesn't take doesn't accept the place <laughs> due license. So yeah, there's a, there's a, it's a slightly different for the, the, mm-hmm. the pyramid above it, but yeah, there's certainly there's there's room for manoeuvre there as well, which is good. It's just from first perspective, it's just nice to see a bit of freshness finally. Yes, it's, it's, it's yeah. good to see. But obviously, there's the whole issue about whether the teams want to get the promotion in the first place. Uh, so I think it would be nice to make it a bit better to encourage them to want to go up. Yeah, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll see how it pans out, and hopefully, we'll, we'll, Broader Rangers will do their best to just to see the. Uh, oh, the last thing we want is a farce. Aye. I don't know if there's any rules in place there, but we don't want a farce, we don't want them turning up and just thrown away. Can, can I have a wee moan yeah. about uh, the Hearts situation? Uh, well, the first one is a, is a bit of a, a moan about Anne Budge. I've said before I really like her. Mm-hmm. I think that she's a breath of fresh air for Scottish football and I would be pleased to see her take a, a higher position because she speaks a lot of common sense. But one thing I wasn't happy about is I felt that she she let it go to her head a little bit by parading the trophy on Saturday before the players got it. I, well, I didn't like that she was... Or... Yeah, and she, she she walked around the stadium with it. I, I, I don't think that's leave, her, her place. No, you leave the lap on it everybody else. The players have yes. earned that. Yeah, uh, I didn't, to, I didn't to, like to, that. To be fair, that trophy got passed around like a puppy in a playground. Have <laughs> you? I've seen pictures of Laurie with that with that trophy. <laughs> Laurie, we have a big cheesy grin. Everybody's had a shot at that trophy. Aye. Aye. So, aye, that was a, a wee bit of a negative. But then another thing, a lot of people have quite rightly been praising uh, Robbie Nielsen for winning the the title and the manner in way. He won the title and the, the manner in which he brought a bit of modern coaching to the team in uh, none of these half days, uh, I think he mm. does, does deserve a lot of credit. Mm. But one guy that seems to unfortunately miss out on a lot of this is Craig Levine. Yeah. He's part of the setup. Uh, Anne Budge gets a lot of credit. Nielsen gets a lot of credit quite rightly. But what about Craig Levine? I know he sits up in the stand, but... He's played a large part as well, but he's almost the forgotten man in that in that trio. Maybe not deserving as much as Nielsen, but I just I would like to see him getting a mention. Yeah, once in a while. Oh, I mean, if Anne Budge is getting to go out and parade the trophy, then clearly Craig Evans should be getting to as well, because he's certainly yeah. that the, the kind of football side of things. So yeah, full credit to him. But that's probably just one nice one of the the manager of the year awards because my pick was Robbie Nielsen, and uh, he didn't get it. It was Yogi Hughes that got it at Inverness. Mm, and that's yep. another discussion we've had in the forum. Yes. Um, because 
but there is a possibility that Inverness could finish the season without winning any trophies and finish fifth. There is, of course, the other possibility they could finish third and win the Scottish Cup for the first time in their history. So, it's uh, again, it comes back to this. Why are we giving out awards at the end of April when we could be giving them out at the end of May instead, when we know what everybody's won and how the, the teams have finished? Now, I'm, I, I'm, I, for me, I think the shortlist was spot on. I think, uh, obviously, the two I've mentioned, uh, Ronnie Dyla and Derek McInnes as well, have all done things this season that make them worthy of being shortlisted for the Manager of the Year award. But I think, what my, my belief as far as this kind of award goes is you need, to, you need to kind of measure it on what they've achieved and what their expectations were. Definitely, so, yep. Like, the likes of Hearts, the, the reason I would give it to Robbie Nielsen is Hearts were never expected to win that league, never mind romp it as they did. Uh, what was it? 91 points they finished on, which is a record for the, 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 the second tier. 21 points ahead of Hibs in the end up. So that's, uh, they have literally romped that league. Uh, I don't think they could have done any better. They, they never paid any attention to Cups and got bad draws to start with anyway. <laughs> Having had to face Celtic twice. Um, but what the, the target there for them was always to make the playoffs and they've pissed off for those targets, to be honest. So And they've done it They've done it without being silly either. Yes. They've, they've, they've set up a very good well. foundation for going up. Yeah, ah, you can see them. Wilson, but they're they're going up with a really good foundation, a really good coaching setup. Yeah, uh, you can see them bouncing on and uh, continuing with the, the way they've been going, and probably challenging top six, if not European qualification next season. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, yeah, if that, if they're up there, just because of the setup they've got. What you said that that's they've built for the not just for this season, but for the next few seasons to come. Which is good to see. So I think I think as far as the the awards go, Robin Nielsen certainly would be my favourite. I think or for the other ones, uh, Ronnie Dyler has won two trophies. Right, you can't take that away from him. But being the manager of Celtic, you're expected to win these. In fact, some would say you were expected to win the treble. So have you really achieved as much as you should have? Well, well, I think. That yes, he's he's underachieved in terms of expectations for Celtic as a club. But I think that we shouldn't forget that he came in uh, as a, a new guy, and he also came in and set his own mark yeah. on the the setup at Celtic. He didn't just come in and say, right, okay, Lennon done an alright job. I'll just continue that. He came in, he pissed off a few players, no doubt, by banning fizzy pop and <laughs> trying to get them to sort themselves out diet-wise, and probably pissed them off as well by upping the, the, the training and getting them to play a, a, a much more pressing game and basically getting them to work because it, these are Scottish footballers. They, they like to have a half day. They don't want to really put in a shift. So yeah. he'd done all of that. He had a wee shaky start. Some people questioned him whether he yeah, was the right man the, the job. The, the shaky start was very much due to the fact he was trying to change so much. Yep. So you can you can factor that in, but uh, yeah, I would, I would totally agree. He, he has come in and tried to change a lot of stuff, which has, over the course of the time, proven to be worthwhile and it's it's, it's paid dividends. Yeah, because the Celtic team that, that play now are far cry for the team that started the season. They're a lot fitter. They play entertaining football. It's I'm not I don't want to take any away from like Neil Lennon's achievements, but I actually prefer watching Celtic now than I did last season. I think it's, it's better football to watch. So, so uh, I think again, he deserves credit, successful. but, but, but yeah, yeah, I don't think he deserves manager of the year because of the expectation level. Yeah, I, I think 
I want to say the the worst option on the list is John Hughes, but this, I still don't know because I think if John Hughes doesn't win the Scottish Cup and doesn't finish third, then yeah, he probably is the worst list on that list. But for me, worst probably a harsh thing to say because they all deserve to be on the list in the first place. But for me, Derek McInnes is probably the, the is fourth on the list because they didn't win anything. They have they've achieved a lot more in the league than anybody expected them to. But they've probably underachieved when it came to the Cups. Like, I mean, they won the League Cup last season, so for that perspective, they, they lost the one trophy they won last season. The real disappointment for Aberdeen is probably the Scottish Cup. Is what, what they lost in one of the early rounds to Dundee, so that's probably their, their, their biggest uh, problem was. But I, when, you can't take away the consistency they've had in the league. As, as we said earlier, that's, that's what's kept them on pace with Celtic for so long. Um, but when you compare it to the likes of Ronnie Dyle, who's won two trophies, and Robbie Nielsen, who also had the same consistency but won a division, um, and the possibility of John Hughes winning a cup, then Derek McInnes might just be fourth on that list. Yeah, uh, there's other contenders as well. Hartley's one that, that jumps out. Yeah, uh, the, the one I mentioned on the forum is probably falling through the cracks is Alec Neal. Yep. Because Hamilton had a fantastic start under him. Uh, they were top of the league which is a benchmark for Chris Commons, as we said earlier. Um, but he then left in January to go to Norwich, where he's continued to, uh, to the point that he's taken Norwich into the playoffs and might take them in the Premiership. So <laughs> you could argue that really the manager of the year is Neil, but nobody will notice because he's jumped ship halfway through the season. Uh, uh, so he's had a half-good season in Scotland and a half-good season in England. Yeah, yep, yep. And you've seen how the Hamilton collapsed after he left. I, 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 I some do keep, teams yeah, I keep saying this, but Hamilton, Hamilton were good under Alec Neil and the fact that they had some decent strikers. They lost all of that, and that's why they collapsed. It wasn't just the fact they lost Alec Neil, they also lost the goals they were scoring. Are you forgetting that they signed is it Jason Scotland? Are you forgetting that, Chris? <laughs> Hardly Anton Curie. Um, <laughs> oh, who was the other guy that scored? I keep forgetting the guy's name. <laughs> Because it was Anton Curie and it was the other one and it was... Oh, da, 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 what was his name? I, I can't remember. I was leaving you to think, oh, this is rubbish. Imagine forgetting that. I know, that's shocking. Um, you, know what's, you know what the problem is? BBC website doesn't tell you. Because they've, <laughs> they've taken them off the list. That's annoying. Because their top scorer is Crawford and I'm like, wasn't he a Scottish guy? What are you talking about? <laughs> Aye, no, that's terrible. Imagine forgetting that. That, that. I mean, that's hard to take them off the list. Andrew, that's just, uh, Andrew, Andrew. Aye, yeah. Yeah. Aye. Um, aye. That was just a guy's name. <laughs> I, I, that's why I keep forgetting it, because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> aye. Tony Andrew. <laughs> that his name? <laughs> Somebody tell me. I don't know. And Andrew. <laughs> I, I would say Andrew. I want to say Andrew as well, but I'm thinking, is it anyone? Anyway, anyway, you know, Laurie would, would have asked Derek Ray how to pronounce it. In fact, Laurie might need to ask Derek Ray. If, uh, well, no, he won't because obviously he's away. <laughs> he doesn't need to care then. He knows how to pronounce Crawford, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Aye. So, uh, player of the year went to, is it Johansson? Yeah, Stephanie Hans. I don't think, well, I, I, that he was my choice, so I don't think I can argue that one. Um Full credit to Rene for the, the goals he scored this season. So I mean he's he's more than anybody else has been responsible for Aberdeen getting all the, the, the points on the board. But uh, yeah, I think I think Stephanie Hansen's had a great season. I th- I think the difference is I was expecting Adam Rene to play well this season. 
I wasn't a huge fan of Stephen Yancey's before this season, but he's come on leaps and bounds this season, and um, I'm, I'm obviously delighted about that. Um, the other shortlisted players in there was Stuart of uh, Dundee, who has had a good season, but I don't think he's going to compare to the others, because he's easy to compare with Adam Rooney. Yeah, but I think recognition. I think we need. He needs a special mention for what yeah. he's done. Yeah, he's certainly been a key player, a key player for Dundee this season. Um, and Van Dyke was obviously the other man on the shortlist. And as somebody put it, it's very easy to be a defender at Celtic, but he's a defender that's been scoring goals for us. I he's mean, not him, really him, a defender though, is he? Because he hangs about. He's a number ten in yeah, disguise. Much, yeah, he's, he's, he, he, he takes a about there. Takes a mean free yeah. kick. He's, he's got in the score sheet count uh, quite a few times for Celtic. He's not the only one, though, because it was obviously Jason Dreyer, young player of the year. He's also been the one that's got in the score sheet, and I think fully deserved Because I think it's, you could Dreyer and Van Dijk have been a really good partnership this season, at both <laughs> at the back and getting goals. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, <laughs> there was some game, I can't remember who it was we played, but Van Dijk laid one on a plate for Van, uh, Dreyer. In the sort of dying minutes of the game, <laughs> it was all sort of passed in the six yard box. <laughs> in their six yard yeah. box. Aye, <laughs> aye. It's, uh, it's a strange one. I, I think Van Dyke, I think he's lucky that he's got a uh, midfield around him that they don't mind tucking in because he does like to go a wee wonder. And I like to see that in defenders. I like it, that wee bit of excitement as long as somebody's going to cover for them, as long as they've got the quality as well, which he clearly has. I don't mind a wee bit of excitement, a wee bit of, uh, not quite recklessness, but close to that from a centre-half. The uh, Championship Player of the Year, Scott Allen, definitely definitely no arguments there. I think that he's... Mm, 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 well, I think he's I'm surprised it's not a The problem I've got, at well, Hearts obviously because they're the title, you would expect them to have the best players. The problem I've got is I can't think who it would be. <laughs> Do you know, well, one player I really like at Hearts is Gomez because I, I, what I like yeah. about him is he's just so calm everything goes everything's really in his head everything's slow motion he's got so much time to think about things he's he's very rarely rushed but Scott Allen I think he, he doesn't have that calmness about him but some of the passes he does is brilliant he's got a, he seems to have a bit of an attitude problem and things aren't going his way but Talent-wise, he's, he's, I think, the best player of the year in the Championship. And I think he's got a big move in him. And if Hibs don't go up, I think he'll be moving on because he's, he's sorted himself out. He, well, he um, made that move a bit, maybe a bit too young from Dundee United. Yeah, Dundee United were snuffed about for him in January. But they didn't offer up enough money for Hibs to part with him. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he does move on at the, the, if Hibs don't get promoted. I think if Hibs do get promoted, they'll probably stay. Um, I think he's the type of guy that, that could take that step up to even Celtic's standard. I think he, he is that good. Mm. Uh, I think he just needs to mature a little bit. But then, uh, I would have said, I would have said, uh, Brown Scott Brown had a, a bit of an attitude problem in his early career, and he's managed to channel that and and use it to his advantage. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about taking a step up to that kind of level, but yeah. Um, Maybe. <laughs> it, it, would, it would be another step in the up for I think, if he came that far. But I think he'd it, it, certainly find any other team in the, the top flight. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. League One player of the year was Declan McManus, I think it was. Obviously, yep. we had getting the, the award for his goals for Morton, which obviously took them in the title. Uh, 
Aberdeen's player as well. Oh yeah, obviously it was a loan. Worth so mentioning. That's to see if he goes back there and he, maybe, he, maybe he's the, the backup to Adam Rooney I was talking about earlier. It's strange though because uh, he went back to Aberdeen in January, didn't he? And then they just sent him out again. So sometimes you do get players like that are quality at lower league sides, but for some reason they're just not fancied at their yeah. parent club. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know what it is because he's, he's scoring for fun. Mm-hmm. Bobby uh, Lynch yeah. is the League 2 player here of uh, our both striker. So that kind of completes the, the, the last of uh, awards. I don't think it was it. I think Corey's season went to somebody for some money, for what I remember. Stephen Mallon had beat about six players or something like that when he was scoring it. Yep. Yeah, I remember the goal. I still think Peter Lynch is better though. But Peter wasn't up because he scored it too late in the season. Aye, <laughs> keeper should have caught it. Never mind, <laughs> saved it. <laughs> Aye, and Jordan Moore got a special merit award. For what? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what that's for. I, I, I'm not really sure about that one. But I, anyway. No idea. Right. This is this is almost as professional sports scene. <laughs> we're always we're always this level, Chris. If somebody's listening and thinking that they're gonna get a, a polished uh, finished article, then no, no, that's not how we roll. Right. The predictions. We'll move on to the predictions. Yeah, because we need to start off with the the game on Wednesday, Tuesday night, actually. Aye, because we need to go back in time. Yeah, because we need to go a pre split game. A pre split game, aye. After the split. You know yep. what? It's, it's really tricky going to Inverness when it's a pre-spot game, but it's after spot. I'm pretty sure that around the title one year for us. <laughs> aye, aye. Bl- blame the pitch. Oh, I do remember that the the bottle, the water bottle, was getting kicked. Yeah, it was. It was a cracking volley. <laughs> aye, I see. I, I'm quite petty at times, but that made me smile. Anyway, <laughs> Inverness against Dundee United. Oh, I've already put my predictions in the predictor. Have you? Oh, you're well uh, prepared then. Right. Oh, aye. Do you want me to go first then so I'm not copying you because I haven't done mine yet? Aye, go for it. Right, alright. I'm going to go 1 0 in for Ness. Can't believe you did that. <laughs> I'm going to go for 2 1 in for Ness. That's not copying. That's, that's a different result. That's fine. I know, I was only kidding on. So that's right. Tuesday night. And Do we know what the odds are? Be, I, can, I can get them. It's not going to be on the telly box. No, because it's Champions League this Champions week. Champions League, so, and uh, the only time that the games are allowed on the telly box is when BBC Alba show it. Yeah. Right, it's, the odds are 9-10, Inverness, 13-5 a draw, Dunn United 16-5. Not surprised, since neither of us have put up Dunn United to win it. You never know, with Dunn United haven't beaten Aberdeen, they might, might bounce on a bit, and they're still within a chance of getting Inverness his third place, I don't know. I think they are back up to fourth. After the, the one at the weekend there, but um uh, still four points, points behind. behind. Yeah. Yep. So if they're gonna if they're gonna have a chance of catching them, they're gonna need to just <laughs> win this game, I think. Yep. Must win. Inverness don't don't have a, a very good run in the league at the moment. But No, they haven't won since February. Aye, but that, but that's that can change. Um aye. Anyway, two one and one nil. Right, Friday night. Got Motherwell against Kamarnak. Kamarnak on a, a terrible run, and Motherwell almost winning the weekend there. I've decided to go for one apiece because I couldn't split them. Well, I reckon Motherwell must win. If Greg was here, he'd be saying this is probably the best time for Kamarnak to break up Motherwell because they need they need to win. So 
Of course, I've got to play another one and probably beat them. Uh, so I'm going to back that and say 2 1 Kamarnock. 2 1 Kamarnock. And the odds for that are Motherwell are 13 to 10, Kamarnock 21 to 10, the draw 12 to 5. Aye, good odds for the wee one if you're confident for that. Not that confident. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Saturday, Dundee against Inverness. I'm going for a home win here. 2-1. But um, well my bet's got because Dundee can't catch Dundee United now. So I um, don't think Dundee's got much else to play for now. So I'm going to go with one apiece. And the odds in that are Dundee 74, Inverness 31-20, to 20, draw 12-5. I ended up, uh, I think it was only a pound I put on Dundee to finish above Dundee United. Yeah, I never put much on as well. I think the only bet I've still got outstanding is I've got Queen of the South at 16-1 to to win the playoff. <laughs> well, going to take I, a lot. Yeah, I've got a bet on Ross County to finish higher than Kamarnock, but that was something like 13-8 to 8 or something like that. I got a fiver on that. That was the same time I'd done the Dundee bet. That's something good though. Didn't really work out. Yeah, well, it could be, could be. Okay, next one up, Hamilton against Partick Thistle. I'm going to win a piece. Mm, I'm going to say 2-0 Thistle and the odds in this one are Hamilton are 29-20 that's not bad for home Thistle 19-10 12-5 your draw next one up Ross County against St Mirren I'm going to go 2-0 to Ross County yeah I'm just copying you that one I think it's 2-0 Ross County as well uh, and I think the bookies agree because they've got Ross County 8-11 to win uh, 15-4 if you fancy St Murren and 14-5 to draw What score did you go for Hamilton Partick Thistle? Didn't I write that one down? Oh, 2-0 Thistle St Johnson against Dundee United and I noticed that you mentioned uh, St Johnson I've got a good chance uh, uh, challenging for Europe anyway not, uh, and that could be another season where I get to go and watch some in Europe my big team yeah, some yeah. might say Aye, it's been interesting how their season's turned around because uh, they, they do this quite often. They oh, manage to sneak over. in. Yeah. I'm going to go for 3-1 against Dundee United. I'm going 2-1 St Johnson. I don't think it'll be quite as, as, as confident as you, but uh, I think St Johnson will win it. And you will get 11-8 St Johnson. That's not bad. 2-1 Dundee United and 12-5 to draw. 11-8 at home for St Johnson. It's not bad at all. Yep. That's maybe worth bearing in mind for the charity bit. Yeah. Then on Sunday, half two kick off Sky Sports 4, Aberdeen against Celtic. The champions, Celtic. Will we get a guard of honour? That's the question. Are Aberdeen going to get the early guard of honour to applaud Celtic on the pitch? Should do. They yep, should, should do. do. We'll see. Yep. I don't think, there's no rules to say they have to, but it'd be, nah, it would be um, courteous of them to do so. Yep, yep. A, a wee bit of a grudge match. Uh, Shea Logan's not too happy about the comments that they were. That, uh, from Chris Commons about Aberdeen never being a, a threat uh, so it could be tasty okay, I mean I, I read some of Shea Logan's comments earlier this morning and I was thinking that's probably stuff for uh, going up in Celtic's dressing room having Chris Commons already given the Aberdeen stuff to put up in their dressing room so yeah I don't. I, I, mean, I, I think although Celtic have won the title I think they want, to, they want to prove a point here and I think Aberdeen will probably want to prove a point as well so I think it's a bit cracking game yep. I've gone for 1-2 you take us to win, I think it's going to be a draw. It'll be two each. Two each. Yep, and the odds in that are Aberdeen 11-4. You've got 
one to one Celtic. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, and five to two the draw. Right, that's us done for the the predictions. We're now going to move on to the charity bet. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, as far as uh, I've never seen one to one, Rangers are also one to one for uh, the way to Queen of South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McBookie likes unusual odds, like thirty-one to twenty for Inverness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, do you know? I think thirteen to five for Queen of South at home to Rangers. Ah, uh, yeah, quite like that. It's well. a tasty bet, and that's me ignoring any of my usual bias because I really hope that's not the case. But thirteen to five is good odds for a team that's got a track record of beating yeah. Rangers. We both went Rangers. for Johnson to beat Dunny United as well, didn't we? And I said that was eleven to eight. Let's see if you can buy that between yourself. Ten pound would get eighty five pound fifty. That's not bad for a double. Yep, that is good. That is good. Um, I'm just thinking of the Queen of South bet. Whether on its own? No, what I'm thinking is a handicap. <laughs> Getting brave now. No, 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 the other way. <laughs> no, I wasn't going for a hump and I was going the other way. Now, what I was thinking was Queen of South plus one, <laughs> which is only 31 to 40. I see. So, nah. Which, which no. Queen of South minus one? <laughs> I no that no I, that, six to one no I'm not going for that oof oof <laughs> I quite like that aye no we're not going for that see given the fact they've won two or three now six to one's not bad I'm not I'm not going to suggest that for the charity event anyway but that's that's not aye. bad at all see then I might go I might go in the huff <laughs> after aye to get beat by too much. Right, what I'll do, aye, I think St Johnson and Queen of South for the charity bet. I think that's, I think that's so, the, the sensible betting man's bet, right, ignoring bias. Right, so £10 double on that returns £85.50. Yep, and Jamie Longworth, first goal scorer, uh, Stranart on the Saturday game. So we'll find out what the odds are on that later in the week. Yep. Although, if you want odds on them now for the midweek game, then you can get them... On McBookie and Jamie Longworth is 5-1 to one, if you five fancy going for him in the, the first leg. If you want Dale Hilson, who's also another uh, favourite of the podcast and obviously favourite of you and his mum. Um, it's 92, first goal score. Ah, he's having a good season. Mm. Ah, he annoyingly scored first this week instead of last week. Aye. Which uh, is annoying because we had money on him last week, not this week. But uh, I suppose that's the way it goes, isn't it? Uh, and if if anyone doesn't have a McBookie account, I definitely recommend joining them because this season they've been really good to us. Uh, once again, giving us a charity bet, ten pound charity bet twice every week, mm-hmm. and even allowing us to have weeks when the lower leagues weren't on. Things like the playoffs that we've got coming up now, they've been really good like that. So I definitely recommend them for that, and also the fact that they do really good existing customer deals, which you don't often see. Like the five pound uh, no risk yeah. offer that they very often do. Well, they've been they've been really good to us this season. And, well, I mean, I don't bet much, but when I do bet, I'm it's when my bookie. So mm-hmm. I would highly recommend them because you get good odds, you get good. It's good customer service as well because they talk to you and talk. It's great. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I was debating with them last night about playing at manager here. Sorry. 
<laughs> they actually talk to you. It's good. Aye, they're good. And they, they give you odds on request. I got odds of 1 to 100 that I would fall asleep before the Mayweather Packard <laughs> fight. <laughs> I, well, I, more seriously, um, I think it was actually on during last week's podcast, JJB tweeted them to ask what the odds of Queen of Sous winning the playoff for. That's where I got the 16-1 for. Yep, and after I had to throw, got, uh, where, where to find the, the bet on their website as well. So I have money. Yep. Uh, as a comparison, William Hill are offering that 12-1. Uh, to 1. See, you even get good odds. Gives, there you go. That gives you yeah, a good comparison. <laughs> right, well, thanks for coming on, Chris. It was good to be back, and I'm glad that uh, Alfie's quieting down. There was another dog that was barking quite a lot. I don't know if that came across on the oh, microphone, but it wasn't Alfie. He's he's a good boy. He's, does <laughs> no, he snore? I, I, Alfie started well on the podcast, but tailed off towards the end of, the end of it, so uh, he, he had a bit of a Greg, though. I <laughs> uh, see... Regular listeners or, or old school listeners will remember Wendy used to make the odd appearance. So now Alfie's the replacement. Yeah, well, you see, when, Wendy's actually bought Alfie's history. Or Alfie's bought Wendy's history, sorry. I've screwed that joke up. <laughs> that was really funny until I messed it up. Oh, well. Good, I'm glad you did mess it up. <laughs> that was really funny, I'm annoyed at that. <laughs> well, just Magic Button, that one. Oh, that's right, Magic Button. Magic Button 2, maybe. Magic Button 3. Oh, I am back editing, so any dodgy uh, noises in the, the release podcast, just let me know, because I'm back editing. My software's <laughs> fine. Back in the game. Magic button doesn't remove barking, though. Or no. bad attempts at jokes. No, doesn't doesn't filter those out. Right, well, thanks for coming on, Chris, and thanks for listening right to the end, if you did. I hope you did, because it's always good to hear me make a complete arse myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, cheers, and speak to you next week. Right, cheers. Cheers.